in worship service today and what a blessed sabbath it is isn't it much to celebrate with our lord and savior coming together in his presence and i firmly believe that when we come together and worship him we put a smile on his face what do you think he loves it when his people come together and worship to him and it is a good sabbath it is communion sabbath as well and i understand that the leonore family have had quite the number of events here a uh, new baby the past few weeks, and then a, a wedding. I believe it's tomorrow. Uh, Cassandra is getting married, so congratulations to the Leonore family as they celebrate one big event after the next. Title of today's sermon is uh, Do As He Has Done, and thank you, David, for the reading of God's word there in John chapter 13. I don't know how many of you know how to play the guitar. You raise your hand if you know how to play. The, how many of you would like to know how to play the guitar? All right, yeah, you would love to. I became a student missionary in 1997 to a little island in the Pacific called Panape. And I taught eighth grade, 24 eighth graders for a school year, 1997 through 1998. I knew how to play a few instruments, but one instrument that I did not know how to play was the guitar. Fortunately for me, there were other student missionaries there that did, did know how to play the guitar. Two of them knew how to play the guitar, and they were willing to teach me. We were able to find a third guitar in which they put in my hands, and they just said, follow me. I was like, what do you mean, follow me? I, I've taken piano lessons before, and, uh, you know, you sit there, and you've got a piano teacher, and it takes you through the whole process. My, my brother, my brother is here. By the way, you're not seeing double. <laughs> we are not twins. 
my brother is here visiting uh, inadvertently by accident uh, as your flight out of uh, O'Hare was canceled to Dallas, Texas. So my brother Ivan is here visiting, so welcome to my brother. Uh, fun fact, we are five years and 11 minutes apart. <laughs> I'll let you determine who's older, but he is the good-looking brother. My brother used to teach me piano. He was my piano teacher for a while. I've even uh, taken violin lessons before, formal violin uh, lessons. And I'm thinking, well, if I'm going to learn the guitar, I need to take lessons, but not with these guys. They just stuck the guitar in my hands, and they just said, follow me. We'll teach you. We'll show you the shape of three chords, and we'll go from there. And every Friday night for Vespers, we would pick up the guitars, and we would play. Sabbath morning at church for the children's uh, divisions, we would play. Every chance we got, we were getting together, and we would play. They just said, just follow us. This, that whole year as a student missionary with a guitar in my hands was following somebody who knew how to play the guitar so that at the end of that year, I knew how to play the guitar. Now, I'm not amazing on the guitar. I can play a few chords. I can hold my own in a children's Sabbath school class or around a campfire, uh, but I do know how to play the guitar for God's glory. You just do what he does. Do what the master does. Do what the teacher does, and you will be okay. Learning by others, doing what others do, help to teach me. And it's not always easy when you follow somebody else. It's not always easy. Many times it's hard. Maybe time, many times it's because what we're trying to do when we follow somebody else, the example of somebody else, is out of our comfort zone. Have you ever tried to teach your children by showing them what to do? Or maybe a coworker, an employee, or maybe you're trying to teach your boss how to do something. You're trying to show them. Anybody who knows how to navigate computers or technology, have you ever tried to show somebody in their 80s how to run a computer? No, you haven't done that, Tom, have you? It's kind of hard to follow when it's outside of your comfort zone. Jesus knows this when he's about to celebrate the Last Supper with his disciples. But when we do it his way, it's the better way. It's the right way. I need to do what he has done. He is my Lord. He's my king. He's my master. He's my friend and if he's asking me to do it his way, I should probably do it his way. So today, as part of communion service, we participate in what is called the washing of feet. That's right. Jesus did it. Therefore, so should we. So the Gospel of John, as you open up your Bibles to the book of John, the Gospel of John is the only account of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. John chapter 13. As you're turning there, it was the disciples who were thinking ahead to the Passover feast. According to Matthew, the disciples initiated the preparations for the Passover by asking the question, where, Lord, do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? Jesus replies, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house and with my disciples. 
That's found in Matthew chapter 26, verse 19. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. Now, who prepared the Passover? It was the disciples. It wasn't Jesus. It was the disciples. And in preparation, there should have been somebody posted at the door of that upper room, a servant in particular, whose job it was to wash the feet of the guests. Somebody there to wash the feet of the guests. From the Bible dictionary, foot washing was an expression of hospitality extended to guests in Bible times. People traveling dusty roads in Palestine needed to wash their feet for comfort and cleanliness. This act of foot washing was performed by the lowliest of servants and offered to guests. In Luke chapter 7, verse 44, Jesus, a guest in Simon's house, is referenced to Mary, in reference to Mary's act of devotion, says to Simon, Do you see this woman? Jesus says, I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. In Genesis chapter 18, verse 4, Abraham washes the feet of the divine guests. In Judges chapter 19, the washing of feet was a part of the hospitality of an old man taking in a stranger. Washing of feet was very well known in that culture in Jesus' time as he walked this earth. So when Jesus and his disciples filed into the upper room to celebrate Passover, who was to wash their feet? Normally, a servant. Yet there was no servant to wash their feet. Was this an oversight? Whose mistake was this? Whose responsibility was it to make sure that a servant was there, present, to wash the feet of Jesus and the rest of their the disciples? Or, did Jesus intentionally plan for this? Setting up the disciples for an object lesson. So read with me John chapter 13, verses 3 through 5. John chapter 13, verses 3 through 5. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from the supper and laid aside his garments took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel with which he was girded. Not the servant, but the master is the one who gets up from the table and begins to do this task that is designed really for the lowliest of servants. Keep reading with me. Verse 6. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Maybe you are like Peter. No one's going to touch my feet, right? nobody's going to touch my feet. Peter said, no, Lord, you are not going to wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, 
you have no part with me. Verse 9, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also wash my hands and my head. Verse 10, Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. Verse 11, for he knew who would betray him, therefore he said, you are not all clean. And then verse 12, so when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. The act of Jesus washing his disciples' feet show his willingness to do the lowliest of tasks for his people. Jesus is a servant leader. He's a leader willing to do the servant's tasks. Is your boss willing to do that? Are you as boss willing to be a servant to the ones that are under you? Serving the other to do the lowliest of tasks is the example Christ has given to us. We are to be available to others to do this, to serve others, even on a daily basis. In addressing the selfishness and pride within his followers here, Jesus is teaching how to live life. If you remember, his disciples, particularly John and James, had this interaction with, with Jesus. I'm going to turn now to Matthew, Matthew chapter 20. We find this interaction with Jesus between James and, and John. Matthew chapter 20, verse 26 they were arguing as to who would be the greatest. In fact, the sons of thunder, James and John, their mother kind of in, uh, started this discussion with Jesus. Who would be at the right hand of his kingdom? Who would be on the left hand of the throne of his kingdom? Here's what Jesus says to them. Verse 26, Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. 27, and whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your, how many of you want to be a slave? <laughs> Maybe a slave to Jesus Christ. Maybe a willing heart to serve the other. Verse 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is, this is the teaching of Jesus here in Matthew chapter 20. So Jesus teaches this servanthood mentality. And then now Jesus models what it means to be a servant leader by washing the feet of his disciples in John chapter 13. And what we also know is that when Jesus dies on the cross, 
he fulfills this teaching. He fulfills this model of being a servant leader when he dies on the cross. So Jesus teaches this servant leadership, and then by washing the feet of Jesus, he models it. He does this in preparation to receive his sacrifice on the cross. He does this to deal directly with the selfishness and the pride that is within us. He does this, does this to remove that pride factor from his disciples. Question, church family. Do you want Christ to prepare you to receive more fully his gift of sacrifice this morning? Do you want Christ to remove the selfishness and pride from your way of living? Do you want Christ to fill you with his humility, his power, his servanthood? Is that your desire this morning? This is why we celebrate communion often throughout the year. We desire our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to fill us with his character. So I'm inviting you, along with our church family, to participate in what we call the ordinance of of humility, the washing of one another's feet. That's right. We are going to get down and dirty and we're going to wash one another's feet. Now, we're not going to force you to do that. I know there's an, there's an ick factor when it comes to other people's feet, right? There may be even an ick factor with your own feet. I had a friend and former church member who would not let anybody touch her feet. There is no way Pastor Ira I hear what you're saying. I read it there in Scripture. I'm not going to do it. She probably sat through four or five communion service foot washings before she felt the tug of the Holy Spirit on her heart. And when she finally participated, she, there was this flood of tears. And the other ladies that she was participating with, they were all crying. The Lord was doing a transformation in her life, in their lives. You mean you want me to do like what you did, Jesus? And even do the lowliest of tasks. Foot washing is symbolic of being willing to serve as Jesus served. It's not that we actually have to wash one another's feet. But it shows its symbolic desire to do what Jesus has done. To go to the greatest lengths, to even do the nastiest of tasks in order to serve, in order to show God's love for other people. If Jesus did it, maybe we can do it. So here in just a few moments, we're going to break for foot washing. If you've never participated with foot washing, uh, you just pull, pull me aside. I can explain it to you. Pull somebody else who looks like they know what they're doing. There's a few people here that look like they know what they're doing. So uh, seasoned church members look like we, you know what you're doing here. And uh, look out for the ones around that might need a little bit of help, that might have a questioning face. And let's take them along this journey of washing one another's feet, just as Jesus has done. This special and solemn time is to reflect on how God would want us to serve one another. It's a time perhaps to reflect on how you are unwilling to serve the other. So ask the question, in what ways am I not willing to serve? 
and see how God wants to transform your heart. Are you willing to do what he has done? Are you willing to serve Jesus as Jesus has served us? So here in a few moments, we're going to break into various sections of the church. We have a room at the, at the foyer just behind here in our auditorium, uh, the mother's room. For those who are unable to navigate the stairs, we invite you to assemble there in that mother's room and somebody will be there to assist you as to how to wash one another's feet. There are classrooms underneath the church, so if you would take the stairs and go find those classrooms. Ladies, there's a classroom there for you if you, uh, you want to gather together as, uh, as women. Men, there's a classroom for you as well where you can gather together and do the foot washing. And then couples, if you desire to participate as a couple or as a family, uh, you can, there's a space there for you to celebrate there. After we are done there with wish, washing each one another's feet, we'll assemble back here in this uh, sanctuary. And there will be markers on the pews. Please sit in those pews where it is marked with a red cord. Uh, cord that is where you will be seated. If you need a little bit of help, just ask and uh, we'll be able to help you. For children not participating, there will be a children's story up here, I believe. At the front, children, you're invited to come forward. There will be a children's story for you. Those choosing not to participate, just remain here in the presence of the Lord, meditating on his love, his mercy, his teaching, and uh, we'll be back here to, to continue on with service. So at this time, uh, let us pray, and then we'll, we will dismiss. Lord, we're grateful for this teaching that you've provided in John chapter 13 that teaches more about your heart, how you are willing to do the lowliest of tasks for us and for this world. Lord, we want to participate. We want to join you. We want to follow what you have done. So bless this time here together. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.